Need your Minnesota United soccer fix? We've got it for you here. It's Loon Talk on Score North. Welcome in, Loons fans, to another week of Loon Talk. Jonathan Harrison here, joined once again by Voice of the Loons, Dan Terrar, as well as our radio broadcast producer, AJ Fredrickson. Boys, another exciting week of Loons action to discuss and plenty of goals actually to discuss for once. So let's jump right into it. Dan, how are you doing today? Doing great, doing good. Looking forward to a little uh, break in the uh, in the MLS schedule. And and yeah, it uh, it turns out scoring goals is kind of fun. So yeah, I like it. Shocker. AJ himself. Yeah. Uh, I'm good. And I, I think that brings up to one of my thoughts from the past week or so is just how much more fun, not that Dan wasn't enjoying it to begin with, but how much more fun are you having now that we we've had, you know, gold fest and like not, I guess Saturday was a one, one draw, but <laughs> three goals the week before they've scored seven or so in the past 20 something days. Um, and the, the, the attacking front is, is thriving. So does that make it easier or maybe just more enjoyable for you as a commentator, Dan? It's, it's a lot more fun. Yeah. I'm not get, I'm not calling it goal fest yet. Cause they only scored four goals in the last two matches. That's only it's it, that, that tells you how, how pathetic we've been is, is that <laughs> averaging two goals a match is a goal is just a, this windfall of goals party. <laughs> in Philadelphia. They're laughing at us right now <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> like seven goals in four games we did that in one game four yeah, that's, times that's last a, year that's about 120 minutes for us that's a weekend they, baby steps we'll get there <laughs> we'll get there All eventually right. so plenty to catch up on uh let's start in chronological order here let's start off with that houston match it's been a while since that game so we won't spend too much time on it uh but we did get to see a very good loons performance on the road they did give up a lot of the possession they didn't have a whole lot of it, but when they had their chances, they struck and they were deadly on the counterattack. Bongo Hukle Hongwane scoring to open up that one. Timu Puki scoring as well shortly after. And then, what, 63 minutes later, Ishmael Tajuri Shradi scores his debut goal as well. Uh, mm-hmm. I want to talk about that Reynoso to Timu Puki goal to start off with because Reynoso was part of two goals this week that were incredible for very different reasons. Uh, the pass from, or I guess, the turn, the first touch, the turn, and the pass into Puki by Reynoso on that goal is a world-class move from him where he just turns, completely jukes the, uh, or kind of puts the, the Houston defender in his on his seat there and just passes it into Timo Puki. He's just running uh, straight through the center backs of Houston, and Timo Puki is able to easily slot it past Steve Clark for that goal, uh, the second goal for the Loons, a couple minutes after Bongi scores. But Reynoso was incredible on Wednesday as well as on Saturday. Yeah, he's been, he's just been amazing. You know, considering we did back and he's better than uh, last season, he's come back stronger. He's come back better. Um, it's, it's pretty incredible. Some of the things that he's doing, uh, he's taking some pretty good defenders and twisting them around and screwing them right into the pitch. I mean, he's just been, been uh, amazing to watch. And I think as, as he continues and as he gets some chemistry with, with Pookie and, and, uh, you know, you start getting a few players back and, you know, I, th- I think there's, like you said, I think, you know, the, the upside for the rest of the season, just not even so much because of Pookie, but just because of Reynoso's skill level, um, it's, it's very encouraging. And, you know, they've just got to find a way now with only 12 matches left to, to get enough wins to get into the playoffs. I guess that's the main focus right now. 
Yeah, no, that goal that he assisted on for Pookie's first with Minnesota was, I mean, that I think that just shows what I think you're going to expect from that duo the rest of the way here for the season. Um, we are, we already knew how good Reynoso was. And I think he's weirdly to say exceeded expectations since his return, just what he's done, breathing, not, not just life, but you know, offense into this team. Um, and now with Pookie, you see that interception and then it's a seamless like decision of bringing the ball down just milliseconds of, okay, I need to find this elite scorer that we brought in and hit him perfectly. The Pookie signing works well there because who knows, had that been um, one of the former strikers with this club or one of the other guys up top to know, okay, he does that. Let's start making this run. And we find ourselves all alone to walk in and uh, and beat the Houston keeper. So uh, it, that is, there's so much going on there, but it's so easy to like ignore all of it just for the sake of that's an amazing goal as a fan, a supporter of the team. So, um, I mean, the, like I said, I think you're going to expect more of that type of play and that type of connection for the remainder of the season from those two. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, as I said, I don't want to spend too much time diving into these games and nitpicking them because it's kind of going to be our last episode for probably a month because uh newsflash here we're not gonna uh cover much of the league's cup on this podcast we're gonna take a break we're gonna go on vacation here a little bit and uh enjoy some of the summer before coming back the week before that game in new york on the 20th of august so uh we'll kind of look at the broad scope of this thing uh for the loons over the next couple minutes here and starting with that houston getting holding 72% of the possession in that Wednesday game. The Loons obviously winning 3-0. Does a performance like that put the scoreline aside, giving up that much possession when you have some of the players that the Loons do? Are you concerned about that, or does that possession not really matter to you guys? Or the kind of the way the game flowed, does that really not matter to you at all? I think it matters more now than it used to. I, I Going into that, I thought, you know, they've had some of their – best matches when they've they've given up a lot of possession time but that was a different team and now that Reynoso is back and and he's playing so well and you have a legitimate striker for the first time ever um I think you know I don't think you can do that as much as you used to I don't know maybe with Kamar Lawrence back they can uh be more effective on the outside and 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 not depend so much on that middle run but uh, it still is. It still seems like a viable stat that you don't want going the other way all the time. And I think because eventually it's going to burn you. But you know they've gotten away with it so many times, AJ. That it seems like it works for them. But I just feel like that's kind of a uh, that's kind of a false a false uh, trend right now for them. Yeah, um, I, I agree with you. It did before some of the more, more recent additions and just kind of how the team is shaped out. I would probably answer this question with I don't really care about possession because we've talked numerous times on this show in the past about how they thrive almost with just not having the ball and then picking the right opportune moment to go on the counterattack score and then just try to lock things down defensively and then hold on for three points this team with the personnel that they have now I think it's a little I, I take a little more weight into having possession because what's the point of having these talented guys up front who can really, I think, find the back of the net and have shown now that they are something where opposing defenses and center backs and they're going to be concerned a lot more and have to actually pay a little more attention to. Um, 
what's the point of having those guys if you're not going to have the ball to begin with? I not to make this about uh, my own interest, but last year or the past two seasons, it seems like watching Tottenham. You have Harry Kane, you have Youngman's son, you have all these guys up front, yet you insist on sitting in your own half. We've seen mm-hmm. how well and how exciting that is. It's not. It 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 you, it. It works in a certain league in a certain system, but I think you have to play to your team. And this team now, Adrian Heath, I think is going to uh, set up his game plan a little bit more to we want the ball. We want to be able to control and we want to dictate the the pace of play and really play our own game, which I think their game moving forward is going to be a lot, maybe not a lot of possession, but they're not going to have these games where it's like they're scratching to get to 40% possession. You're going to be seeing this team, I think, easily get to at least 48 and almost probably you could sometimes see 55 plus percent. No, like no problem. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat as you guys. Whereas before I wasn't really concerned about it because you didn't really have the pieces to be concerned about it. You had a man, Reynoso and kind of whoever he was trying to find open. And, but now that you have a guy like Timu Puki, you want to get as many chances as possible at the back of the net because the more chances for him, the more likely he's going to score one, two, three goals. And obviously goals win you games. So it'd be nice to have the possession. And that kind of leads into Saturday's game against LAFC. 20% more possession for the Loons almost. Uh, and bringing that total up to 50%, it was kind of a it was a pretty even battle between those two sides. And they somehow draw 1-1 because it's the same problem we've seen at Allianz Field this season and for the better part of the last two and a half years or so. Loons have plenty of possession. They make They create tons of chances. I think they, they're second or third in the league in expected goals, but they are at the bottom of the league in goals scored, so they're creating so many chances, but they are struggling to finish those chances. So it was just another one of those nights at Allianz Field, 17 shots for the Loons, only putting three on target, uh, one in the back of the net. We'll get to that goal in a little bit, but it was just the same old problem that we've seen, and you have these players now that are performing that you shouldn't be having these problems. And I don't, I can't really put a finger on what the issue is because we now have Timu Puki on the starting lineup. They should be converting these chances and yet they still aren't. And it's not for a lack of creating chances as we saw on Saturday night. I just don't know what's happening. There's some kind of force field or something in front of that goal that just doesn't allow the loons to convert the, the, the plethora of chances they have game in and game out. Yeah, uh, some of it might be the fact that we don't have, you know, the highest skills, you know, in our in our defensive backs. Um, you know, we've been leaning on uh, Zarek Valentin and DJ Taylor. Neither one of those two are are huge offensive players. Uh, so, you know, maybe we're maybe teams are, are figuring out that Minnesota's a little one dimensional right now up the middle, and getting Kamar Lawrence back will go a long ways to help that. Um, and take some pressure off. So, you know, it could be a lot of things, but I, you know, Jonathan, I'm right with you. you. Sometimes you look at these chances and you you wonder why even a guy that's just, you know, uh, say Bongi, for instance, missed what should have been a goal uh, on, on, on Saturday. And, and he's, you know, he's got six goals on the season. We know he can score goals. And you wonder how is he missing those? And obviously it's easy to judge that from, you know, 300 feet up in the press box, but yeah, it's kind of confusing sometimes as to why they so off. It's, it's, it's like one of those situations where uh, AJ, you feel like, why is it that whatever goalie we're playing stands on his head and is spectacular. It's probably us, not them. 
Yeah. Yeah. It seems, it seems like that you like, you notice that when it's something that impacts you, I guess, you know, you, you buy a new car that maybe you don't typically see. And all of a sudden you notice how many of them are on the road. Um, Jonathan, if you don't mind, I want to hijack the host role for just a moment. Cause I do have a question I want to pose to both uh, you and Dan here, and I'll, I'll maybe have you lead things off here. The final from Saturday against LAFC LAFC is a team that is the reigning MLS champs. They are, I mean, they're a powerhouse, even despite losing um, a guy like, in my in my eyes, a legend in Gareth Bale to retirement. Um, and they have been playing catch up now for uh, a little bit, just with kind of their CONCACAF Champions League and whatnot. And so they've been arguably a little more tired than other teams. But if I would have told you a month ago or even two months ago that they were going to, at home, get a point against LAFC, um, would you have been happy with that result? But now that you saw the game on Saturday, a one-one draw when I think it probably could have swung either way because I think both team had some chances. Arguably, you could say Minnesota maybe had more so. Um, are you satisfied with the one point? Or you do you think that three points were like more than attainable and you're most not let down, but slightly disappointed in the sense that they didn't get those extra two? So a couple things. I I'm I'm satisfied with the point. I'm okay with the point because it is LAFC. It's one of the best teams, if not the best team in the league. They've got some catching up to do, obviously, points-wise uh, to St. Louis in the standings in the Western Conference. Uh, I don't think anybody's catching Cincinnati in the standings. I mean, 51 points already. That's incredible. But LAFC, defending champs, you take a point, no matter if it's at home or if it's on the road against them because they are <laughs> extremely good. They have all that skill. They have 12 goals from Denny Bawanga. They have seven goals from Carlos Vela. That's 19 goals from just two players alone. And last I checked, the Loons have scored all of 26 goals this season. They, Those two guys alone have almost scored, outscored the entirety of the Minnesota squad. So I will take <laughs> a 1-1 draw considering the way they played. You looked dangerous in the offensive half. And outside of the goal from Carlos Vela, you really did, the defense really did a good job of keeping Denny Bawanga and Carlos Vela pretty silent for the majority of the night. And Carlos Vela's goal came off a mistouch by Michael Boxel that basically sent Carlos Vela running free. Other than that, we didn't really do a whole lot of calling out those guys' names throughout the entirety of the 90 minutes at Allianz Field. So after the match, I think you feel a little bit disappointed with how they played, that they couldn't find a way through and get all three points at Allianz Field. But I don't think you're disappointed at all that you – leave Allianz Field with the sixth draw of the season, considering who your opponent was, right, Dan? Yeah, the defense, the defensive effort was good. I think the the f- disappointment and frustration was more of a cumulative thing. Uh, it was a, it was a gorgeous night, record crowd. Um, everybody's waiting for this offensive explosion now that Pookie's on the club, and and I think it was just kind of the disappointment was kind of a buildup from all these things that have been going on. And, and, uh, <clears throat> but yeah, I agree. Uh, once you kind of got over the feeling of being let down, you realize that this is a team that is going to seriously contend for a, a second consecutive MLS title. And, you know, that's, you know, you're like you said, Jonathan, you get a point against them. Doesn't matter where you are. You're, you should be happy to get a point. So, uh, yeah, it was just a different feeling to it at the end. Everybody, you know, you had a record crowd. They all wanted to sing Wonderwall and, and go home and, you know, skip home and have a happy night. And it didn't, didn't quite work out, AJ. Yeah. No. And then, and that's kind of my feelings, too. I like, given where they've dropped points to some teams earlier this season, I'm going to be thrilled that they got a point against LAFC. It's just, 
after sitting there watching the full 90 minutes and, and, and stoppage time, you can't be just because you want them to do more and you, you, you think, okay, they could probably have gotten the three. You can't help, but almost think like, what if that one just sneaks past or that, what if he hits the goal a little bit, you know, in a little bit better footing, blah, blah, blah. And, um, so, but I, I, I would say that's only because I think I have a pretty high expectation for this club now, given what the lineup looks like on a nightly basis. So that leads kind of uh, after 18 minutes of this podcast so far, or whatever it is at this point, uh, kind of leads me into the broader question. Loon's leaving Allianz Field. Well, hold on. Let's stop there. Let's talk about that Emmanuel Reynoso goal because yes. incredible world-class goal uh, from Kervin Ariaga and Emmanuel Reynoso. And seeing some of the other views that from what we saw in the broadcast booth and what uh, you would normally see on the TV where you're kind of seeing from behind the play, seeing the down-the-line picture that they showed in the replays, it's even more incredible because it just shows Emmanuel Reynoso's impact on defenses because the ball gets into Kervin Ariaga and they're uptight on Ariaga. But as soon as they see Emmanuel Reynoso making that run, they back off. They're not even worried about Kervin Ariaga. They're more worried about Emmanuel Reynoso. <laughs> and that gave Ariaga the space to just like, okay, I'm just going to chip it over you. He just basically scoop passes it over the defender. And then Emmanuel Reynoso runs in, gets in between the defender and the ball and basically just uh, jump kicks to the ball into the back of the net. A beautiful goal should be goal of the week across the entire league. Uh, it is a world-class goal that any team in the world would be happy to have in their highlight reel. Yeah. That, that, uh, the little lift, the little lift of the footy, if you're in a youth soccer program and you do that, the coach would say, no, 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 that's not the way you're supposed to do it. That's yeah. not right. And, uh, he just lifted it over and it was, yeah, it was a beautiful goal. And, um, <clears throat> I think, uh, back to, um, the one, you know, one, one draw with LAFC. Uh, don't forget that McCarthy made maybe one of the saves of the week in that match too. Mm -hmm. uh, that should have been a goal and Bongi missed what looked to be a, you know, tap in just about, and, and, and he missed that one. So it could have easily, as AJ said, it could, you feel like it should have been a different outcome uh, regardless, but um, yeah, I think we're seeing some sort of heart highlight reel move or pass or finished by uh, Renoso pretty much every match. And uh, it, it makes you kind of excited for the next 12 matches. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I mean, it's, it's nice to see not to keep harping on the, the personnel that they've added, but when, when you have all the pieces there, it's, it's nice to see like the whole plan almost come together of watching that team goal, the build up, the tic-tac-toe. And then, not that I didn't believe or think that Kervin Ariaga had that beautiful little flip in his uh, repertoire, but it's nice to know that he does now. Um, I, you know, we, we've learned a lot about him this season. He, he can take a heck of a free kick if needed. And, and now he's got uh, the softest of, of touches there in small areas. So um, it, it, it's nice to see that they have that. And, you know, I, I don't think that they're uh, going to stop maybe rolling out the highlight reel for, for this team here um, in the coming weeks. So then that that uh, draw at Allianz Field on Saturday, the 1-1 draw against LAFC, means Minnesota's home record this season uh, moved to 2-2-6. Two, two, two wins, two losses, two or six draws this season. A disappointing mark for sure, considering some of the, the home records they've had in the past couple years at Allianz Field. Uh, they do need to change that around because, as Dan said, just 12 games left in the season. Seven of them are at Allianz Field, and there's seven opponents at Allianz Field. Seattle, they host Seattle on the 27th of August. They host Colorado Rapids. One road win all season. Uh, not a whole lot of wins for them in general. New England Revolution, 
near the top of the Eastern Conference. Sporting Kansas City, one road win all season. You've already beaten St. Louis, so you know you can do it, although St. Louis is still top of the Western Conference. San Jose, one road win all season. And LA Galaxy, one road win all season. Those are seven games that you shouldn't be dropping too many points from. You should be winning a majority of those, if not all of them. Even though some of those opponents coming in are very difficult, you still should be winning them with the talent you have at your disposal going into those final 12 games of the season. So the Loons should be moving up the Western Conference standings, but here we are in July with a 2-2-6 two, two and six home record. Are you concerned about that home record? Yeah, you have to be. The The draws are, they're fortunate they got as many draws. Those six, is six draws at home? Yeah, six draws at home. Uh, you take those away and they're down in the bottom of the, they're down there with Colorado and the LA Galaxy. So uh, at least they've got those six points out of the draws. But this this stretch at home, the seven uh, out of 12 at home, uh, th- those those need to be uh, heavily sprinkled with W's and and the uh, draws and the losses have to be kind of slim if they're going to you know if they're not I mean they're gonna th- it's not going to be that difficult to make the playoffs with that many at home but if you want to make the playoffs and have some semblance of momentum and a chance to advance at all you need you need to finish strong at home and and even though you're probably going to be on the road first round of the playoffs, you still need to, to build that confidence at home so that this team has, is in the right frame of mind uh, in what seems like a short time, 12 matches to go. Yeah, that, that home record is concerning um, just because for the fan base sitting around here, they want to go to Allianz Field and they want to sing Wonderwall at the end of the night. Um, they've only been able to do that twice now in league games. I know there's been some other opportunities to do so, but uh, for MLS matches, that's you know kind of the bread and butter that most of the the casual experience uh, will you know view and take notice of. So um, the final seven that they have, you got to make the most of it. That's where you're going to decide if you're just on the fringe of the playoff picture, or if you're heavily in the mix, or if you're going to be on the outside looking in come the end of the season. Um, those seven matches, like you said, uh, those, those have to be riddled with W's to take your phrase. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm in agreement. Saloon should be taking a lot of those home games and making them wins. And then as they've already shown on the road this season, they're not afraid of going on the road and, and putting in a good performance five, six and one on the road. One of the best road records in the Western conference, if not the entire league, yeah. the entire league, second best road record in the entire league behind only Real Salt Lake who are proving to be a very very difficult team as they move up into third place in the Western Conference after a weekend's worth of Major League Soccer action that ended the quote-unquote first half of the season for Major League Soccer as we now take a month-long break into League's Cup. So I want to get your guys' general thoughts on where the league stands after uh, about 23 games, 24 games, 21 games uh, played between all these teams so far. This season, Loon sitting in 10th place in the Western Conference, St. Louis at the top of the West, Cincinnati at the top of the first or at the top of the East. What's your guys' general thoughts on how this season has played out so far? I think there's a lot of. I think, first of all, you you and the MLS have to figure out some math because this is not even close to the halfway point. So, (laughs) you know what I mean? We're in the break. It's never the halfway point at the all-star break yet. They call it the first half and the second half of the season. Baseball does that. So. Jeez. Not to cut you off, Dan, but I, parody, I think is the, is the word I'm going to use. And I like to use that a lot when I, when I follow the NHL, but 
at the beginning of the season, nobody would have predicted, other than me, like we've said, uh, would have predicted St. Louis to be the powerhouse that they are. 13-2-8 so far. They lead the Western Conference with 41 points. Um, I mean, they're they're a powerhouse. They If you go to City Park, you better expect uh, to come out of there <clears> with no points because they are uh, just dominant. Uh, but then with the parity, I didn't expect San Jose to be – uh, a very solid team. And with the start that we saw from a team like Vancouver, I expected them to be in the bottom of the barrel, but they have really turned it around and are now sitting sixth. And then on the other side of things, LA galaxy, I don't think anybody expected them or maybe Portland as well to be sitting 12th and 13th heading into the MLS arsenal all-star game here. So um, a lot of back and forth and a lot of teams have either thrived or, seen some kind of some type of setback so it's it's nice to see that uh even even though you can have the experts uh and us included in, in a sense if you want to call ourselves that um you know pick and choose what we think at the be- beginning of the season there's really no crystal ball that's true um so it, it nobody really has like an accurate outlook so the only thing i think we knew for sure was lafc was going to be probably pretty solid and lo and behold they're pretty solid. They're they're probably going to be a, a team to watch here heading into the playoffs. So um, uh, it's been very interesting so far, and you can't really predict a weekly outcome, as I know firsthand in the predictor every week. I'm <laughs> terrible at it because I, I frankly don't know who's going to win and who's going to lose. Yeah, that's because you try too hard, AJ. Stop caring. You'll do a lot better. It works out that way. Uh, you know, parody is right because this is what this is what every sports league wants. They want their playoffs to come down to the final week if it's football, to the final weekend of play. Uh, MLS has, uh, uh, you know, decision day, and that's all built around things changing on the last day. And they've and that's been fabulous. And, and I give them credit because they don't have as much regulations as far as as tight of salary caps and 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 as many of those types of rules as other professional sports do in this country yet somehow they've managed to to keep that parity and not let the uh, New Yorks and the LA's look at the LA Galaxy they're awful uh not let those clubs spend tons of money and 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 uh, pace themselves away from everybody they they haven't been able to do that and that's what makes this so exciting right down to the end um I think that at the end of the uh season in the west I think that uh LAFC and um and Real Salt Lake are going to be the two top teams, and I think in I think Cincinnati and Philadelphia are going to end up the the top two in the uh, in the Eastern Conference. And I think your MLS champ comes from one of those four at the end of the year. League may not let LAFC, LA Galaxy, New York Red Bulls, New York City FC spend all the money, but they're sure letting Inter Miami spend all the money now that they brought in the goat Lionel Messi. Uh, and as we sit here with twelve games left to play for Inter Miami. They are on 18 points. They are at the bottom of the Eastern Conference, the bottom of the entire league. They are the worst team in the league. Good luck, Lionel Messi. Question for you guys, 18 points. They are 12 points out of the final playoff spot in the in the Eastern Conference with 12 games left to play. They have two games in hand over D.C. United who are sitting currently in that final playoff spot in the Eastern Conference. Is Lionel Messi's effect and Tata Martino's effect and Sergio Busquets' effect is that enough to get to sneak Inter Miami into the Eastern Conference playoffs by the time we reach the playoffs here in in this season of Major League Soccer? Not next season. I want this season. Can they make up that twelve point gap and get into the playoffs this season? 
They can. I don't think they will, but it wouldn't shock me. No, it wouldn't. It no, wouldn't. No. I'll, it yeah. Just take my number three. three. They win three in a row. Just say they come out of the break and they win their first three. Um, they'll be within, you know, a handful of points of the playoff spot. It All you have to do is win three in a row in this league or lose three in a row and your whole outlook changes. So, yeah, they can. I mean, I would... It, I wouldn't. I'd bet AJ's money, but not my own on that. Ah, <laughs> uh, God! If he, if, if if his presence alone and just what he brings and everything he does, uh, does I mean, I say this facetiously, but that might be bigger than winning the World Cup. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, not. Uh, but no, not that the goat debate still is is relevant. But that would put the nail in the coffin on that one if he's able to take this inner Miami side and squeak into the playoffs, given where their position is right now. Uh, but I think what you mentioned there too, like we know Messi is going to be fantastic. I, 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 I think he's going to get a little bit more than what he's bargained for. I like, he's not going to walk in and make these guys look like toddlers. Like I think some people are expecting he's going to face a challenge on a nightly basis from, you know, very, very good players, but they're also adding Sergio Busquets who um, that's he's He's going to be a midfield general for them on the backs. I'm not, I'm not saying he's going to go out there and score on a nightly basis, but he's going to help defend and, and help organize them. And I, I think his leadership alone in, in, in what he brings as one of the more complete midfielders of his generation is going to add a little something as well. Um, I know you're giving me a look here, Jonathan, that the audio audience <laughs> isn't going to see, but you, you I, I veteran experience, I think, goes further and just leadership than what you may think. And I obviously they're getting that with Messi, but you know, I, what what is he going to be able to teach uh, DeAndre Yedlin on their backside? A guy who has, has played in the Premier League and everything like that, but he's going to probably become a little closer to learning things from Busquets. And that I think that adding both those guys is going to be great. To answer your question, though, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. This is going to be, um, it, the biggest like honeymoon phase for a team of all time. Nobody's going to care if they don't win a single people care if they don't win a game, but like they, they could draw three times the rest of the season and lose the rest. And people are going to say, Oh, it's whatever it, you know, nobody expected it to be an immediate impact, blah, blah, blah. It's going to be fine. Um, I don't think they, they sneak in if they do though. I mean, that would be one heck of a story. That would be unbelievable if they can somehow sneak into the playoffs. They're going to get the commissioner's pick as, as he gets picks for the all-star game. He gets picked players who didn't get voted in by the fans or the players, or the coaches commissioner is going to pick just Miami. You're going to go in as the 10th team and we're going to give Cincinnati the bye because they've played so well, they deserve it. But we also want Miami to sneak in because messy. Why not? Uh, did either of you guys watch that reveal yesterday? Nah, I did see that. With that yeah. broadcast. That's all the highlights of it. That was it, it was an interesting broadcast, but I was so nervous because they announced it and it started raining in Miami in this Shocker. stage, this runway that they had. David Beckham almost went teapot over cattle second because yeah. and yeah. I was I was just waiting for somebody to get out there and be a little too excited, whether it was messy or <laughs> messy you know, tears ACL just, before he even gets on the field. I was Cle- waiting for something to happen. I was waiting for a cleats up, cleats up. <laughs> but uh, no, it went off. It went off pretty well. Um, the, the environment looked awesome. It's just we'll have yeah. to see um, if that translates to the, the the pitch for for Miami if they can find some success. I was I was hoping that uh, you know there would be some weakness for Messi. I was hoping that he wouldn't look good in pink. It turns out he does. Darn it. Can't, can't <laughs> even find that again. Can't, he even can pull off the pink. Well, so yeah. uh, good luck for him. 
I'm a little more hesitant on the Sergio Busquets uh, signing than I am Messi. I think Messi's going to just, he's going to adapt to this league pretty easily because he's the GOAT. He's there for a reason. They, they're paying all this money. Apple's giving him subscription revenue for a reason because he's the GOAT. He's going to be, he's going to do well in this league. I'm a little more hesitant on Busquets. I don't know well how well his game translates. I'm not saying he's not a great player. He is. He's been fantastic. But at 35, playing in that position in this league that favors offense more than any other league in the world where there are so much money poured into offensive players, young attacking offensive players, a guy who's 35 playing defensive mid in a midfield that's incredibly porous and a defense that can't stop anything makes me a little nervous for the Sergio Busquets thing. But I'm excited to have Messi in the league, obviously. I think. I, think I, can't I, wait going... to, I can't wait till he makes the team of the match day his first his first week playing and that just shuts you up. I cannot wait. They're playing Charlotte. I'm not going to give him anything for that. Come on, let's let's just calm down here. They're playing Charlotte his his first regular season game back. It's not going to be impressive to do that. Charlotte's 12th place in the Eastern Conference, so not that much better than Miami are this season. <laughs> so are you saying they make the playoffs or they don't? I don't think you answered the question. I think they could. I think they'll sneak in. Good. I mean, right. yeah, I, I Chicago's think in a playoff spot right now. They could conceivably fall off. DC's in a playoff spot right now. They could conceivably fall off. Montreal's just outside of the eliminated, playoffs. So. Is what you're saying. Huh? They aren't mathematically eliminated. No, is what no, you're no, saying. no, no, no. <laughs> and they've got one of the best head coaches uh, who knows how to actually coach in this league. We all, we've seen over the years that head coaches coming from outside the league into the, into the league struggle because the way this, this league is set up, the travel, dealing with all that, is more severe than any other league in the world. But Tata Martino's done it. He did it with Atlanta, won them a championship. He knows how to uh, coach good teams, and I think he'll be able to pull something to pull something together in Miami and sneak them in. Let's get to our predictor segment. We've got plenty to uh, catch up on and uh, three games to predict this coming week. So, Dan, why don't you tell us what the predictor is? All right, predictor, we picked uh, three upcoming matches, including anything Minnesota United are involved in. If you get the winner or a draw correct, you get a point. If you get the score correct, you get a bonus point, which almost never happens. Uh, so here we go. And these are gonna. this is going to be fun. I don't want to go first today. <laughs> so what we're doing today, well, we'll get to that in a second. I'll, I'll do the, the wrap-up first, uh, the accountability session. As always, left to right. Uh, so I'll start off here uh, with mine. Three points to the, this week, uh, but only from two games as I got the correct score right. I'm going to start off with that one. The correct what? score right in St. Louis and Miami. I'm not the only one who got a complete correct score this week, though. So we will get to that in a little bit. We've got two of them in one week. Wow. I think for the first time ever I, I in think so. history. So Tides are changing. <laughs> we're getting there. We've had over the past couple of weeks, we've had six in the past three weeks. So. Uh, they're starting to come, or five in the past three weeks, so they're starting to come around. We're starting to get better at this. We're catching on here, except for AJ's plethora of uh, red score lines uh, throughout <laughs> the history of this season. Uh, I predicted 3-0 St. Louis. They beat Miami 3-0. Uh, I also predicted a 2-1 Minnesota win against Houston. It was 3-0, so I get a point there. I predicted a 2-1 Minnesota win against LAFC. It was a 1-1 draw, so no points there. Dan, you said Minnesota and Houston would draw 1-1. Didn't get that right, so you didn't get Come a point. On. You said Minnesota and LFC would draw 2-2 two, two, to get one point there for getting the draw right. But then you said it would be 2-1 Colorado that over Portland. That one ended nil-nil in the makeup game. Uh, so nope, or just one point for you. And then as I said, there's two correct, fully correct predictions this week. AJ came in with a 1-1 draw against LAFC for Minnesota, and it happened. He pulled that off. He has also uh, said that Minnesota would win 3-1 against Houston. He was 
one goal away from having two correct predictions on his so own cool. in one wow. week. Uh, but you did say LA Galaxy would go up to Vancouver and win 2-1. They lost 4-2 to two because LA Galaxy are just terrible. Uh, <laughs> so that brings our score lines this week. We've uh, AJ and I have narrowed the field, have narrowed your lead down a little bit, Dan. We were down uh, a couple points to you. I think we were down four or five points to you uh, heading into this week. But now, after your one point, after AJ and I's three points, Dan, you're on 22. I'm on 21. And AJ is on 20 points. So Wow. All three of us are separated just by two points, uh, just like you would want it heading into the final stretches of the season. And as I said earlier in the episode, (laughs) we'll be taking about a month off. We'll come back the week before the game against New York City FC. We'll wrap up what the Loons did in League's Cup and then preview a little bit of that game or in the final 12 games of the season for Minnesota United. So that means we're going to take some time off. So we're going to all make the same game predictions this week. So that'll be interesting for scores because you can't have the same score predictions uh, Mm -hmm. as everybody else. And so we're going to predict the two League's Cup games that we know about. We're not going to predict any possible score lines in the knockout bracket if they can make it that far. And then we're also going to predict MLS versus Arsenal in the MLS All-Star game that's coming up on Wednesday in D.C., which MLS All-Star game is already here. So that's fun to, to think about and watch on Wednesday night. Uh, so let's start off. We'll start off with minute. Or we'll start off with the game that starts that starts off these three MLS Arsenal boys. Uh, Dan, since you're still in the lead, I'll let you go first. I'll go second. AJ will go third. Oh, man. MLS also I, Arsenal. I don't know what What's to do with this. How do you know what to do with this? You don't. That's the what are they doing in case of a draw? Is there a shootout? Penalty kicks, I believe. Okay, I'm going to pick a draw then. Winner, I think. I'm going to pick a draw. Uh, let's just say 3-3. Three, 3-3? Three. Three, three? Okay. Yep. I don't know what else to do. <laughs> I don't. These are so unpredictable. I think I'm going to go 2-1 Arsenal. Okay. Um, I, I think Arsenal's going to mop the floor. I, I wow. think, I think nope. they're going to come on MLS all-stars. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be, I think it's going to be closer. You didn't make it. God. That's yeah. That's exactly what it is. I'm going to say Arsenal <laughs> four, MLS all-stars one. Wow. Hashtag wow. hashtag AJ out. Jeez. Jeez. You're not getting an invite to the all-star <laughs> game next year. <laughs> no Guys, way. Right? <laughs> All right, continuing in chronological order, Minnesota versus Puebla, which you can uh, watch on Apple TV and Fox Sports 1 uh, next Sunday at 8 p.m., or you can go to the stadium at Allianz Field and watch that game because Minnesota hosts both of their games. Uh, you will not be able to hear Dan Terra and myself on those broadcasts. We will not be broadcasting League's Cups games, unfortunately, as much as we'd like to and be a part of the thing. Uh, it's just not happening this year. Uh, so uh, no radio broadcast for those for the next month until we are back for NYCFC hosting Minnesota United at Queen or at uh, uh, the Met Stadium when that comes up uh, uh, in August. So Minnesota Puebla, Dan, you're up first. That's that's because they won't let us do them because we're too much of a threat to Apple TV. <laughs> they can't handle. They can't handle us. We're they can't too, handle us. I don't. Oh, <sighs> I did not want to go first on these. <laughs> Your first place, you got it. <laughs> this just bites. Okay, since I know nothing about Puebla, I'm going to go two-one Minnesota. All right, let's go with the most common score in soccer in the MLS and just guess. I don't know. I'm going to go with a draw here. I think both teams are going to try and feel each other out. They're not going to do a whole lot of. Uh, they're not going to find ways through. It's going to be one-one between these two sides. Mm-hmm. AJ. 
Um, I did a, a bountiful of research, a bountiful amount of research for this one. So I, sure would, I can tell you that uh, Puebla is winless in their first three matches to start their season. And they finished 11th last year. I have no faith in them uh, in this match. So Minnesota two, Puebla FC zero. All right. And the final game of the League's Cup group action for Minnesota, they'll be hosting Chicago Fire, who are in eighth place in the West or in the Eastern Conference. Minnesota have already played them at Chicago. They lost that game to two Kai Kamara goals, unfortunately. Uh, on the road this season, Chicago are three, six, and two. So a little bit easier of a, an opponent on the road, but as well, as we've already talked about, Minnesota two, two, and six at home. Dan, you're up first. What's so difficult about these is we don't know what the lineup's going to look like, you know? Um, mm -hmm. So, like, for instance, write that down is coming up. Well, you can't really make too many picks player-wise because you don't know who's playing each match and who's in or out. So, um, <clears throat> Minnesota 2, Chicago nil. All right. And I'm kind of assuming Dane St. Clair will be in goal. So, hopefully. Yeah, that's fair. Hopefully. I'm going to go with a... Big score line here for Minnesota in response Ooh. to that. Three, Ooh, three nil Minnesota. Three <laughs> nil Minnesota. AJ. Holy. I'm also predicting a big score line for Minnesota in this one. They want to get revenge from earlier this season. Uh Minnesota three, Chicago Fire one. Ooh. All right. I like yeah. it. All right. All right. So that's the predictor. Uh we'll wrap those or we'll get you the correct score lines. Uh, on that one, we come back in about a month's time or so. Now time for write that down, our other soccer-related prediction segment of the show where we each make three soccer related predictions. They don't necessarily have to be scoreline predictions. It can be anything across the world of soccer. And at least one of them has to be Minnesota United related. We'll keep track of the correct, correct predictions throughout the year. We'll call them goals. And the person with the most goals at the end of the season wins the coveted golden boot. Before we make our new predictions, we always have the accountability session. And once again, left to right on the spreadsheet. So I'll start here. I said the first week of the season, boys, I said, Dane St. Clair will record at least six clean sheets for Minnesota United this season. His sixth clean sheet came against Houston last Wednesday. So another one from the first week of the season comes off the board in the correct column for me. I also said uh, a couple other things that didn't come off right for me. I said U.S. men's national team will win the Gold Cup. Well, they got beat by Panama, who then got beat by Mexico last night. And Mexico wins the Gold Cup for, I think, the ninth time since the inception of the tournament. I also said last week Matt Turner will save at least one more penalty kick in the Gold Cup. He did not, unfortunately. And then I said Devin Pedelford will get his first start for Minnesota United by the time we record next because he's just coming off that goal uh, against Austin. He did not get a start in either of the two games, so just the one point for me this week. Dan, you had, scrolling through here, you had four things come off the board as well. We've had a lot of things come off the board this week. Uh, you said earlier this season Minnesota United will have at least three consecutive wins in the month of July. Well, they can't do that, unfortunately. Only two more games left in July, and they're both in League's Cup action. Yeah. It would still count because the wording of your your uh, prediction wasn't uh, prohibitive to just Major League Soccer. So uh, they cannot do that mathematically. You did say Pookie will score a goal Wednesday against Houston, so congratulations there. You get a point there. You said U.S. Men's National Team won Panama nil. It was <sighs> that, what was it, 1-1, one, one, AJ? I forget. We were in the middle of our own game at that point, so mm -hmm. I can't remember the scoreline, but – Panama ends up winning on penalty kicks and yeah. uh, uh, Minnesota or U.S. men's national team do not go through. I did say, or Dan did say, Dane St. Clair will get a clean sheet in his first game back. That Houston game was his first game back, and he did get a clean sheet, making a handful of saves for the Loons that night. AJ had five things come off the board this Whoa. week. You said earlier this season, it only became official last night. Messi will, jo will not join the Saudi League. 
And as I was telling AJ off the air last week, I'm not willing to put it put it in the correct column yet because crazier things have happened in Major League Soccer. Crazier things have happened in sports. Look at Carlos Correa being <laughs> bounced from two teams that he supposedly signed mega deals <laughs> with this last winter, and now he's back with the Twins. Uh, so I wasn't willing to put it there yet, but now it is officially official. Introduced him uh, the MLS and my Inter Miami introduced him last night, so you get a point there. Uh, you said Timu Puki will have at least a brace in his first start. He got his first start in Houston. It was only one goal. Uh, you said U.S. men's national team will not win the World Cup or win the Gold Cup. They did not, so you get a point there. Uh, you also said at least one U.S. men's national team will score a brace in their remaining Gold Cup run. Uh, none, nobody did. So the only I expected more than one game. To be fair, <laughs> that's fair. You expected two bites of the apple. You only got one. Uh, Minnesota, and you also said lastly, Minnesota will be in the top seven of the Western Conference by the end of the July. Well, they're not there because they no. couldn't pull out that second goal against LAFC on uh, Saturday. So that leaves our score lines, boys, with uh, Dan in the lead once again on 20 points, AJ on 18 points, and me all the way back with eight points. Let the comeback start now. Eight. Ooh, boy. Oh, right, so you have like 17 that are just marinating. I've got a couple. I don't have as many as you guys think I do, though. So, uh, all right. So time for our write that down predictions. And since Dan, you're in first, you don't get to defend. You're up. <sighs> Come on. All right. Well, I'm going to I'm going to back up what I said earlier. And my first one will be that uh, inner Miami will qualify for the MSL playoffs. Write that down. All right. All right. All right. I, uh, AJ, you are second place. So you go second. Uh, my first one, write this down. Tamu Puki will end the year with at least, um, I don't know the exact like phrasing for this, but he's going to end the year with at least 0.7 goals per match. If that makes sense. Like he's not going to score a goal per match, but it's, he's going to be frequent enough to where if you take the games play divided by the amount of goals he scored in, in, in league play, MLS league play regular season, um, he will score 0.7 at least or higher. Well, let's keep it simple. 0.7 goals per 90. Sure. Yeah, I like that's, that. That's there an actual that's stat that we can look up and beautiful. we can find that. So that's, we'll go with that's that. the one we're going to go with then. All right. And All right. that is the uh, number that Emmanuel Reynoso is on right now, by the way, is 0.74. Oh, and he leads the team by a healthy handful at this point. Uh, actually, Ishmael Tajiri Shradi does, but he hasn't played a whole lot of minutes. <laughs> Emmanuel Reynoso leads with 0.74. The next closest, Timu Puki at 0.55. The next closest after that is the team's leading goal scorer at 0.29. For Bang Hukle Hongwane. So yeah, 0.7 seems like a hopeful number. That'd be a great number if they could get that out of Team Upuki over the final stretch of games. I'm going to save my Minnesota United peak till later. Uh, boys, write this down. The U.S. women's national team, they start the uh, World Cup this upcoming, or I think it's this upcoming week uh, in a couple days' time. They will win the goal or the World Cup. Write that down. Okay. Defending champs will win it again. Write that down. Dan, your second pick. All right, um, Banghukle Longwane will end the season with 10 goals for Minnesota. He will be the goal leader this year. Ooh, I like it. Right. Write that down. This Wednesday, write this down, there will be a penalty scored in the MLS All-Star versus Arsenal game. And outside of penalty kick, Outs right? Yeah, outside okay. of, in the 90 minutes plus stoppage play. Like somebody's going to be awarded a penalty off a foul and they will then score on that. All right. We'll give it to you. All right. Uh, write that down. Uh, write this down. I'm going to continue with the U S women's national team action. Alex Morgan, the uh, one of the few forwards on the team, she will be the golden 
boot winner of the World Cup. Write that down. Wow. Okay. All right. One more for me. All right. Let's do Minnesota United. Tenth place right now. Will at least in some point during the rest of this regular season climb as high as fifth place. Ooh, write that down. Write that down. My favorite style where I have to keep track during games and everything. <laughs> I'll let you know. <laughs> AJ, your final uh, My final one. We mentioned this earlier at Minnesota United have seven remaining uh, home matches of their 12. Of those seven, they will win at least five of them. Wow. Write that I like down. It. That would be my fifth place right there. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. All right, for my Minnesota one, write this down. Over League's Cup, I don't know how long they'll play, how many games they'll get out of it, but over League's Cup, Dane St. Clair will record at least two clean sheets. Write that down. Ooh. Write that down. So that's been Write That Down for this week. We'll keep track of those predictions. We'll be back in a month's time, Loons fans, or if something emergency happens, a big signing, who knows what the hell happens. If something happens, we will be back before that, but until then, we won't be back until, I'm just going to look at the calendar here quick. August 20th. Uh, uh, August 20th is the game, so we'll probably be back August 14th or so. Uh, around there, we'll figure out that schedule at that time. <clears> so we'll take a little bit of a break. This feed will be silent for the next couple weeks while we take vacations, watch some League's Cup action, watch some World Cup action. That's all coming up next or coming up over the next couple weeks. Uh, boys, we will talk to you then, and we'll be back on the air broadcasting Minnesota United games August 20th. New York City FC, a little bit of an earlier start for that one because East Coast time. Looking forward to it, boys. You guys have a good week or a good uh, couple weeks. Yep, looks good. There should be enough time for AJ to get a haircut before we come back. So <laughs> it's all good. Yeah, see you later. <laughs> see you.